you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thanks so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and Marty are on tap with us, too. Well, Marty, um, J-Mac, we got a full house. Are y'all having a party? Oh, wow. Okay, (laughs) great. Fantastic. Not even at all something I needed to know. Not at all. Just just totally, you guys do whatever you want. Um, Great. Hey, it's it's great to be back. Um, Man, we've got a few announcements we want to make uh, today before we get into the content of the program. but also, I want to say a huge, a huge thank you to Faith Christian Church in West Monroe, Louisiana, mm-hmm. for the wonderful weekend we had yes. this past weekend, yes. um, being a part of their Marriage Matters weekend, a Marriage Matters weekend. And um, man, it was just, it was such a blessing to us personally. We drove home and we're still talking about it, um, talking about it early this morning. I mean, I think it's something that's uh, humbling to talk to people in real time mm-hmm. and to get feedback on the immediate application of content. Yeah, definitely. It was very encouraging. Very encouraging. So, I mean, you know that, man, what the Lord has sent you there to do, you know, some things were accomplished, you know, uh, by, by the Lord, you know, and it's, it's encouraging to me, you know, to see God work in real time, things Mm -hmm. happening and people giving testimony of the goodness of God. So it's awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And um, it's, it's always great to be with family. We'd been uh, down over, down and over to West Monroe um, <laughs> yeah. before. And so it was a return trip for us and it was just beautiful. Well, that was my I, first time. Well, you're welcome. I introduced <laughs> you to some great people. You did so, so, so uh, good. They like, oh, bring, bring everybody. Just, just, you see there. You, I, so I, I didn't let you down. I didn't let you down. <laughs> right. right? right. Um, all right. Um, MFL 2022. Yes. Registration yes. is open. Right now. Yes. Go registration, ahead. No, registration is open. Go to marriagefamilylife.net. <laughs> MarriageFamilyLife.net and the uh, first 400 people uh, can get the early bird rate, 25% off, uh, early bird 22 is the code. And so you, you put that in and you get that discount. Uh, and a lot of people have been uh, going to the site and registering. So that's a that's good. That's good. You know, things are, are looking good. Um, but we're, we still have a lot of open spots. So make sure you go and register this is just the first day that's right just the beginning yes um early bird 22 early bird 22 is the discount code that you're going to want to enter um so if you're if you're going there and and taking advantage of the 25 percent off of the ticket prices um make sure that when you get to the end of your registration um the discount code that you enter is early bird 22 yes early bird 22 um, listen, we are so excited and I know people say that, but I just have to tell you that the marriage family life conference, um, really becomes sort of like the highlight of our year as far as the work that we are doing in ministry, because, um, so many different people are coming together with this one common focus, mm-hmm. uh, to exalt the name of the Lord, Amen. 
to be equipped with truth to transfer or to transmit truth to their children and or to take it back to their churches, hopefully a combination of both. And to continue on this year's theme is here I stand Mm -hmm. here. I stand. Mm -hmm. So there will be a lot of equipping people to stand, equipping Mm -hmm. children to stand. And in fact, um, our discussion today, I think will lend itself to um, discussing the great need that we have in learning how to stand Mm. and uh, learning how, learning how to equip our children to stand. That's one of the things that we try to do with the marriage family life conference. I, I look, we as parents have to know how to stand, but we also have to know how to equip our kids to stand. It's mm-hmm. it's one thing for, for us to say, you got to take a stand for Jesus. You've got to stand in your generation. But, you know, you've got to give the kids the building blocks to do that. You've, right. you've got to equip them to do that. Right. And so um, that's one of the things that we do that I think um, sets this conference apart. And, yeah. and, man, we're excited about that. And humbly, I don't know if you can say humbly, we're proud. But humbly, <laughs> humbly we're proud of that fact <laughs> that we that the children who attend with you, mm. whether it's your grandkids or your nieces, your nephews or your own children, mm-hmm. um, they are not afterthoughts in this conference. No, like they are not. No. We, we're not. We, the, the way that we plan it right. and prayerfully think through the execution of this conference is how do we equip the adults and the youth that are attending They're They're yeah. not. um they're not they're not getting crumbs. OK, they're oh, not no. getting man. Uh, so not anyway, so we take that seriously. If 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 what we talk about on this show, let me just say mm-hmm. um, if what we talk about on this show is any indication of to you, if it's any indication to you, what we think about the children who are in the body of Christ, then please know, please know that that will be reflected in this conference. Yeah. We, we talk about equipping kids. I don't know why I get so passionate about that. No, because but we talk. Look, about, yeah, go ahead. The thing yeah. is, we understand that the world is trying to equip kids, <laughs> you know, and have an agenda and have an indoctrination program set up, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, and we need to be proactive. We need to be ones who are aggressive in, you know, teaching our children the truth. And this yes. is an opportunity for them uh, to learn the truth. Uh, you know, apologetics, uh, biblical things, you know. So the thing is, I, I feel like when we talk about the Marriage Family Life Conference, we talk about the youth apologetics uh, track, man, yes, we do have, that's a that's a pivotal part, that's a, a prime part yes. of what we're doing here. And mm-hmm. so the, the thing is, you know, I think that we should shout that out and say, hey, yeah. you know, this is available. You yeah. know, we want your whole family to come. You mm-hmm. know, this is going to be a benefit to your entire family. And yes. so and we make no bones about that, man. That's and, I, right. and I think as, you know, Christian parents, we need to be looking for things like this to yes. be able to equip our family, mm-hmm. you know, for the work of ministry that God would have us to do in our homes and in That's our communities, right. you know, in this country. So, man, and at the is, earliest age possible, at the earliest age possible, because yeah. the enemy is coming, you know, for the earliest at age the earliest possible. age. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Listen, guys, we are um, I, I think we are a little bit behind the ball here because our expectation for our country, I think, has been so high. Mm. The expectation of what 
would be the result of the founding of this country on Judeo-Christian values, on biblical principles, even for those that would have been considered uh, deists or those who would not have been considered evangelical Christians, mm -hmm. there was still an understanding that morality, that you needed righteousness, that you needed um, you needed moral people. You needed people who feared God in mm. order to have a successful country. I think we expected that that legacy would trickle down and still be present as we continued operating faithfully. Right. Instead, what we have found is that, um, you know, in, in plain sight, in some instances, in other instances, more of a cloaked attack, mm -hmm. um, our expectations were not realized. Mm. And so you had people who have been entrusted with our children that have been indoctrinating them right away from the faith. And mm. you see this, um, you see this today in increasing ways. Um, today's topic, by the way, I want to look at something that happened in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And I want to use that as a backdrop to talk about the importance of us understanding um, the, the fight that we're in for our children. And this is a huge indication to me of the direction that our country is is going in. And I want to make a case for that as we kind of continue on. But our, our topic today is the student walkout depicts national walk away. Mm. The student walkout in West Virginia <laughs> depicts national walk away. Yeah. And I, I really look, our, our nation cannot be better than its future. Mm. Do you understand? Like, so, mm. so in other words, what I'm saying is a lot of times People go back to the when they talk about the greatness of our nation, they yeah. are talking about the nation at its founding. They are talking about what was once true, yeah. but they are somehow projecting that greatness onto an as yet undetermined future. Mm, man, we don't good. know. You, you understand? Man, so they're saying you're right. They're saying this is a great country. Mm. But what they are doing is defining that greatness by the history wow. of the country. Wow. Right. Not thinking about what it will be, what it is now, what it will be um, based on our legacy, our children, mm. our posterity that are growing up right now. And I think if you have um, if you have students walk out of um, school in protest of hearing <laughs> the gospel. Yeah. That gives you a sign of that's what, a huge indication yeah, of where we are. Like, really, Listen, come on. I, I just I just want us to. And, 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 <laughs> and by the way, I want to give some information, kind of take a look at the history of not. I don't want to overstate what we're going to look at today. I want to be very specific in what we look at. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask the question, like, where have parents been? Um, as the faith of children has been eroded in this country, right? Mm. So where have parents been as the faith of children has been eroded? And there have been some fights, by the way. So I, I want to I make sure that we acknowledge that. But largely what you see is that we live in a country that has rejected the knowledge of God. Yeah. Largely, that's what we see. And if you've got a collection of kids, of, of high schoolers, who say... Um, you know, you will not indoctrinate us, but they're not talking about transgenderism. <laughs> yep. This is where the Jeopardy music starts to play. They're not <laughs> talking about transgenderism. They are not talking about LGBTQ plus ideology. So all of it that goes into that. They're not talking about college, uh, climate change, which is being taught as a religion. They're not talking about critical race theory, which is being taught as a religion. It's It's got its preachers. It's got its apostles, its leaders. It's, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> They're not talking about that. So they're, they don't want to be indoctrinated. They don't want to be, these are the high schoolers. They don't want to be proselytized. And yet they are being indoctrinated. They are being proselytized, but that has been taught in very subtle and, and 
um, intense ways that has been taught as truth. So they don't recognize that it is a shifting of their values and a shifting of their mm. norms, a shifting of the tradition that would have been handed down to them uh, from their parents. OK, so I want to talk about that. Uh, so, again, our topic today, the student walkout depicts national walk away. And by the way, I don't know if we said marriagefamilylife.net. Did we say that? Marriagefamilylife.net. I think we did, yeah. but you can say it again yeah, many times yeah. that we need to. We don't have to keep losing our children. That's right. We're going to do everything that we can, everything that the Lord has enabled us to do to ensure that we don't keep losing our children, that we, you know, this whole like um, this normalizing, the deconstructing of our faith. Where you've got Christians who are walking away from the faith and doing it in popular ways, like doing it in ways that are, you know, culturally acceptable and and ways I mean, to draw people away yes. with them. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a problem. Yeah. This is a problem. We don't. So anyway, um, the Marriage Family Life Conference uh, becomes a way for us to respond in tangible ways to the crisis. It's a crisis. Um, and so that's our response to it. MarriageFamilyLife.net early bird registration for the first 400 um, families to register. I think I'm saying that right. You just need to enter the code early bird 22. That's right. Early bird 22. Um, when that, when all of those slots are filled up, then we will, we will stop the early bird registration and then regular reg- registration kicks in. That's right. So if you're planning to go and, and you already know that you can go, um, go ahead and register now. Okay. So the student walkout depicts national walk away. Student walkout depicts national walk away. Here are two stories here that grab my attention and that caused me to do a little bit of uh, digging for uh, today's topic just to, to kind of like uh, fill it out a little bit for you. Um, both of these stories come from the Christian Post. One is a little bit older. It's from um, the second week in February and then the other one from uh, just this past Friday. Uh, Evangelical Revival Assembly prompts high school student walkout in <laughs> West Virginia. Evangelical Revival Assembly prompts high school student walkout in West Virginia. Here's the story. And you guys know, as I do, I I will read it and offer some commentary um, just sort of as as I feel like it. Okay, over 100 (laughs) students. (laughs) I don't know the other way to say it. Over 100 students walked out of a West Virginia high school the second week in February calling for, quote, separation of church and state. Mm, I'm going to keep going, even though that's not what I want to (laughs) do. After two teachers took their classes to an FCA Mm -hmm. Assembly, a fellowship of Christian athletes assembly during an in-school non-instructional period that was supposed to be voluntary. I'm going to help you understand. Well, let me just summarize what happened. So this FCA assembly was supposed to be voluntary, but two teachers took their entire classes. Okay, two teachers took their entire classes to this assembly. Those students felt that their First Amendment rights were violated. So... Mm. In tandem with their parents, okay, they are protesting that they were proselytized uh, during school instructional hours. <laughs> mm. <sighs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 guys. Yeah, give away. Oh, my goodness. It's so amazing. Okay. It's so amazing. So we're going to stop right there. We're going to grab the break. We'll come back and we'll continue to unpack this story, all of its developments, even right up to the fact that they are now suing the school board. Stay right there. Welcome 
Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I turned 43 on Saturday, but I don't think that that's the best way to measure my age. I think I should measure my age um, by like determining the percentage I have to zoom out on reading a Word document. <laughs> <clears throat> so I'm 120% <laughs> zoom out years old. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, increase the size of that font, please. That's, that's how old. I am. You can determine how old you are based on what you have to zoom out to. Somebody's like, put your glasses on. Ah, they're just so heavy. Um, welcome back to the program. <laughs> this is Aaron the Addisons on yes. American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that was even louder. Stephen Malcolm and Natalie Grant. The student walkout. Oh, let me make a correction. Thank you so much to Sherry B. I said the first 400 families um, get the early bird discount. It's the first 400 tickets. It's the first 400 tickets that yes. are purchased, which is a huge difference. It is. It's a huge difference. So anyway, um, I'm sorry that I inadvertently said that. Um, Sherry B., thank you for catching that and then um, making sure that I fixed it. So there you go. I fixed it. First, four, <laughs> first 400 tickets, not first 400 families. Yes. I am so sorry. And somebody's like, man, now I got to go back to my wife and tell her something different. I'm sorry. I know how that, that can be very upsetting. So I apologize uh, just for register. that. MarriageFamilyLife.net. Just get in. MarriageFamilyLife.net. Yeah, don't worry about that. Just get in right now. <laughs> Early bird 22. Early <laughs> bird 22. All right. Uh, the student walkout depicts National Walkaway. I'm looking at what happened um, at a West Virginia school that I think um, kind of provides sort of like an indication of where this country is going. And um, we, we can't boast of our greatness when our future is bleak. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you can't mm. keep using the past to, to sort of like just that's a once for all position. Right. That's a once for all position. No, I think we have to keep working and I think we have to keep doing the things that made our country great. We mm. have to keep doing those things that um, that caused its citizens to be great. Um, chief among those things would be a righteous fear of God, a righteous Amen. fear of God. And, and if you have kids in a context where they hear the gospel and they are so upset that they're like, man, you don't have a right. You don't have a right. And yet and yet they can spend seven, eight hours a day. Um, having all sorts of non-science woven into their instruction and not even realize it. Or worse, they realize it, but they don't care. But this they cared about. And you got to go back to, I know you're going to comment on this because you kind of stopped. Man, so the the being taught about the separation between church and state. There's a reason why, (laughs) you know, that they say you can't do this, you can't do that. And it's like, man, come on, man. Like, that's not that's not the thing. You know what I'm saying? That's not even uh, uh, accurate to be yeah, able to, to cite that. Yeah, it was to protect the citizens. As, yeah. yeah, no. You, you know? Like, Congress not making any laws um, to abridge our freedoms or mm-hmm. to implement some sort of national religion was to protect the citizens. It was to protect us. It was not to stop us um, from the free exercise of our religious freedom. It was right. not to, to say you've got to turn that off when your kid is in uh, government school, that your kid, <laughs> right. you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think, I think what, but what our kids are being taught is that the separation of church and state mm-hmm. is somehow sort of like a, um, it's a it's a barrier. It's a barrier bet- between the government and the schools in favor of the government right. or the barrier between the government and the the citizen in favor of the government. But the barrier between the government and the citizen is in favor of the citizen, mm-hmm. not in favor of the government. And so right. we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about how this has shifted in our schools as well. Um, and when I talk about shifting in schools, I'm talking about where religious instruction um, was ejected from school mm. in exchange for different religious instruction. 
Because here's what I think is so important. And I'm getting a little bit ahead of of the discussion uh, because I do want to make sure that we highlight the actual article. Mm -hmm. Let me say, I think it is, um, I think it's uninformed or just, okay, I think it's uninformed. I think at at a generous level, it's uninformed for parents to think that government education is neutral. Mm. Government education is not neutral. Mm-mm, not at all. If you, oh, and okay, can I can I put a pin in that yes. comment and then go back to this article and then kind of walk us through the point that I want to make? Because I, I, I really, I want to take my time so that we are able to think deeply about these things and I kind of want to progress through it and I'll, I'll, I'll move as quickly as I can. So let me go back to the article. Evangelical Revival Assembly prompts high school student walkout in West Virginia. Over 100 students walked out of a West Virginia high school the second week in February calling for the quote unquote separation of church and state. After two teachers took their classes to a fellowship of Christian athletes assembly during an in-school non-instructional period that was supposed to be voluntary students at Huntington high school. I think this is cable County. Somebody from West Virginia can call us in or write and let me know how to pronounce the name of the County. It looks like cable to me. Cable County left classrooms February 9th during non-instructional period called compass to protest an evangelical Christian revival assembly that was held on February 2nd. Jed Flowers, Cable County School Director of Communication, uh, told the Christian Post that the assembly was organized by students affiliated with FCA. Although student student attendance was voluntary and there was a sign-up process um, so teachers could know which students would attend, according to Flowers, two teachers mistakenly took their entire class to the assembly. They just took everybody to the assembly. Okay. Quote, this is from Flowers. Those teachers have uh, have been corrected and the district does not anticipate a similar issue in the future. Okay. However, some students claim they had no choice but to attend the revival event, saying (laughs) that they were asked to pray and if they wanted to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Amen. The event (laughs) drew pushback from. (laughs) I'm going to try to be fair. I'm going to try to be fair, but you know what's fair? (laughs) Okay, here we go. The event drew pushback from secular legal organizations like the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Hmm. Hmm. FFRF, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which sent a demand letter claiming that students were told if they didn't accept Jesus, they could go to hell. Oh, the horror. (laughs) Oh, the horror. No lies detected. No lies detected. None. (laughs) Not a one. Not a one. (laughs) Not a one. Fellowship of Christian Athletes is a national evangelistic ministry found on high schools and college campuses all across this country, all across this country. They have regular events that that kids are able to attend of their own volition. They can come or they don't have to come. Mm -hmm. All right. They can they can stay in their classrooms or they or they can go and attend the event. These two teachers took their entire classes to this event. They have been corrected on this and Mm -hmm. they they will not do it again. FFRF, which advocates for a strict separation of church and state, contends the event violated the establishment clause of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. This is interesting because we again and I'm going to I'm going to kind of work through this here. But we think that we have a neutral ground when we talk about public education or government education today. But government education actually begins with the rejection of truth. Mm. And I'm going to get to that. It it actually begins with the rejection of truth. It begins. It begins with the assertion that God does not exist. And, you know, if 
perchance he does, he's not relevant to your education. Those are your extracurricular activities that you engage in on the weekend. That's that's where our government education is today. So that's actually teaching a religion. It's actually teaching a religion of secularism. It is actually espousing a viewpoint. It is saying that God doesn't exist. We're going to talk about what that looked like when um, the teaching of creationism was removed from schools when there when there arose the battle between teaching evolution and teaching creation. Mm -hmm. Right. So so what was the battle? The battle was will there will there be quote unquote religion taught in school? Mm -hmm. And then will that religion be taught as truth? Like is Mm. creationism science? Right. So and we're still look the, the fallout, the ripples of this continue. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, parents have just kind of given up the fight like they just they have kind of resolved that we will just accept this religion. When if we're talking about the protection of all kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Then kids should not have their right to conscience violated. Mm-hmm. If there is truly a separation of church and state and we try to create an environment where there's the free exchange of ideas. Like let's, I mean, let's just say we, we bring that down to an elementary and high school level. Yeah. Then you would have some, some, some pushback that you saw from parents um, decades ago when parents were saying, well, hold on a second. If you're going to teach evolution, then you also have to teach creation science at the very, at the very least. If you're going to, if you're going to say that you're going to introduce the fairy tale that masquerades as science evolution that we came from animals. Mm-hmm. If you're going to teach that, then you also have to teach creationism. <laughs> that, that, that at one time was actually a pushback from parents. I don't, you don't really hear much about no, that today hear, because I don't hear it at all. No, because even Christian parents have accepted that, mm, you know, maybe we were just a little bit wrong about that. They, they, they accept that lie. They, we maybe, maybe that is a little bit like, you know, maybe that is a little bit like a coloring book, but you know, this thing, it leads to other lies because if we accept that lie and now we have CRT, like why, why we're we not pushing back? You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they're connected. Yeah. No, they're, we're, they're we're absolutely connected. All these lies now. And in fact, I would say, I would say for us to drill down, like if we were logical in our approach to what is happening in culture, then there would be a certain amount of outrage because what parents would say is parents would say, wait a minute, you're teaching critical race theory while at the same time still teaching kids <laughs> that they have evolved from apes and right. that people of darker skin pigment are closer to their ape relatives on this progressive sort of view of evolution. Like right. this, this progressive scale of going from <laughs> monkey to man. Right. So where is the outrage? But do you see right. there then has to be a selective outrage. Right. And there is. So there is the belief that the government is in place to protect people from Christianity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the government is in place. Wow. The separation of church and state is just the government is in place to protect people from Christianity. Mm. Back to this article. 16-year-old Cameron Mays shared his experience with the Associated Press, alleging that he had no choice but to listen to the instruction of his teacher and attend the event. She made me go, man. <laughs> he asked his father if the event was legal. The 16-year-old asked his father if the event was legal. It's amazing to me that these kids find their voice against Christianity. But, you know, transgender ideology, they don't, they, very few of them have a voice. Right. Very few of them know how to think independently <laughs> or how to think critically or how, or how to say, wait a minute, aren't we abolishing biology if we do this? But no, no, no only when it comes to Christianity. Hmm. Very interesting. 
Quote, they can't just play this game of, you know, we're going to choose this time as wiggle room, this gray area where we believe we can insert a church service. In quote, May's father, Herman Mays said. Wow. During the protest, senior Max Nybert held a sign that read, quote, my rights are non-negotiable, end quote. Quote, I don't think any kind of religious official should be um, religious officials should be hosted in a taxpayer funded building with the express purpose of trying to convince minors to become baptized after school hours. But it's all right to have like the drag queen story hours. And it's all right oh my to goodness. have these books and, you know, to and bring their these, representatives in. Yeah. These curriculums that have that's all right to teach to teach hmm. a so-called reality. Listen, listen, to teach a so-called reality, a religious conviction that a person could experience a religious phenomenon of being disembodied. Mm. That I am, I am a spiritual person that has descended from where um, on my progression away from being an ape into the wrong body. As, as I was developing, as I was, as I was growing away from apehood, my knowledge of where myself should be was injured. Mm. <laughs> and me, descended and i'm saying it just like that me descended into <laughs> a not me body and so i need you to understand that i had been trapped in this body i need you to understand that i had been misassigned or wrongly assigned a gender at birth i may have presented physically as a female but the me that i am is actually male by the way, guys, let me tell you something. That's science, okay? That's not, that's actually not religion. That's, that's not religion. Sarcasm meter <laughs> off the charts. Weird science. Weird science. <laughs> Weird science. Parent Bethany Feelington, I guess is how you would say the last name, told the Associated Press that her Jewish son attended the rally because he didn't want to disobey his teacher and was told that the classroom door was locked and he couldn't leave. All right, so now, so now we're forcing kids, we're locking doors and keeping kids in classrooms to listen to the gospel. Guys, I want you to understand, please understand, please understand that when the Lord Jesus said that we would be hated by people for his namesake, I want you to understand that what we see consistently in this country is the setting of the stage for that hatred. Mm -hmm. So here are these yep. horrible teachers. We presume they're Christian. I don't know. They locked our kids into a room and told them they had to listen to the gospel. They had to listen to this fundamentalist evangelical white evangelical teaching and they locked the doors and the kids couldn't get out. Can you see the kids all kicking and scratching and screaming and trying to get out so that their ears don't bleed over hearing that there is a God who made them and who loves them that they, you know, are made in his image. I can see it. I, I can absolutely see it. It's completely unfair. This is what Fellington said, or Fellington. It's completely unfair and unacceptable um, to put a kid, a teenager, in, a situ in this situation. I'm not knocking their faith, but there's a time and place for everything, this parent said. And in public school, during the school day, it's not the time and the place. Man. Man. That's, <laughs> wow. be outraged Wait, about this deviancy. Dude, that's, that's <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Um. 
Ah, okay. their giveaway. Yeah, the point this is, is where made. we are. The, the point is made. Mm-hmm. So, so what's what's the progression here? So the students walk out, and then the Freedom from Religion Foundation decides to sue the school district. They filed a lawsuit after these students walked out. And the Freedom from Religion Foundation, interestingly enough, doesn't want that just this would not happen again. They they actually want that there would be no religious instruction in school, period. Of course. Of course. All right, we'll pick up with that story on the other side of the break. Aaron Lee Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Forever Jones with Every Moment. So our First Amendment right protects us from the government. Protects mm. us from the government. <laughs> right? That the government cannot create a religion that we must adhere to. That we can operate freely, exercise freely our religious convictions. It's not the freedom to worship. It is the freedom to operate according to your religious conviction. This is what we have. Now, what is interesting to me in this whole conversation, I want to say, because so, I want to be, I want to be intellectually honest here. I would want, if, if I had my kid in a public institution, in a government institution, I would want to have the option to keep my kid out of anything that I didn't want my kid involved in. True. So that would include in, in, I'm sorry, um, government education today, that would include biology class. Um, <laughs> That would include a lot of the literature and the you writing can't keep classes. Them out of that. I mean, that's, I'm sorry. That's, that's I'm sorry, but core, what, what I'm, you know? if we're if we're talking about the establishment <laughs> clause, right? If we're talking about that, the government cannot proselytize or create a religion and then you know make converts. Then that is woven into almost every subject that our kids are discussing today. Hmm. Like you, you start talking about um, the the proselytizing of young people. And I mean, it abounds in school today. And at one point, parents actually understood this. And, and that's why in the 80s, and, and I was reading about this because I was in school in the 80s, right? So that's why you had parents pushing back on the removal of creationism being taught in school. But what, were the, what was the position of the secularists? What were they saying? They said that that was bad science, mm. They, they said that that did not compare to evolution. And in fact, the fact that we say, even today, we say the theory of evolution is, refl- is a reflection of the parents' pushback that if you're going to teach evolution in schools, you've got to teach it as a theory. You can't teach it as a fact because there's enough gaps in it for it to be right. positioned or to be presented as a theory. This is what we think, right? But now we don't hear talk of that anymore. And in fact, you know, people, when you hear the buzzword, like, well, it's not a buzzword anymore. Like evolution is not even a buzzword. It's not even something that grabs people attention as being antithetical to their faith. They've just Mm. found ways to reconcile the two. Mm. So you can see how you've had converts made over the years. Yeah. Yeah. So the Freedom from Religion Foundation, they um, initiate this lawsuit against this school. And what is their aim? Their complaint calls for the court to bar the school from sponsoring religious assemblies 
and other religious worship service during the school day. So it's not it's not just that we don't want the kids to be forced to attend these assemblies because you could you could fix that with an opt out or an opt in either one. You could fix that. Mm -hmm. But they're saying, no, we don't want these kind of assemblies to be happening on school grounds at all. Wow. At all. We, we want it all to be done with while at the same time you've got kids barring themselves into classrooms so that they will not be murdered. Hmm. While at the same time you've got drag queens showing up and people um, reading storybooks to children as young as four and five years old talking about how they discovered their true self. I am jazz anyone. <laughs> and this is just normal. And so what you have is you have a certain type of religious teaching that is happening. But because we as Christian parents have sort of like, you know, we've just kind of settled into the norm, mm -hmm. a declined America. We have normalized and accepted. So we don't even push anymore. We don't we, we don't even say, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Isn't that religion? <laughs> I mean, I read this article. It's from um, I'm going to share a little bit of it with you. It's from last year. Um written by, is it Betsy McCaughey? I guess is how you would say the last name, former Lieutenant governor of New York. And this is what she wrote, how public schools brainwash young kids with harmful transgender ideology. And, and again, put this in the manila folder um, labeled proselytizing. Okay. Like think, think deeply about these things. When we talk about, cause there are some people and look, and I think it's right. We need to be, we need to be intellectually honest. We need to say, listen, when parents learned that their kids were being made to chant Muslim prayers, Hello. When mm -hmm. their kids were being made to chant um, Muslim conversion sentences or statements of, you know, whatever, um, parents were outraged and they should have been. Right. They should have been. Parents should have been alerted to what was going on. So I want to be intellectually honest. And I think, yes, parents should have had the right to say, I want my kid to go to this assembly or I don't want my kid to go to this assembly. I think another indication of where we are is that a lot of parents would have said, no, I don't want my kid going to this Christian assembly. <laughs> Whereas that would have been the key. That, that would have been the thing like you, you know, having, quote unquote, good Christian kids was like the thing like you, you understood that this is just better. Mm -hmm. But no longer are we there. So but we have indoctrination that's happening in our schools. We have um, transgender ideology, among other things that are, that's being pushed. Critical race theory is being pushed as a religion, as a belief that you've 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 got to give mental assent to it and then you got to do something. So it's called for activism. Same thing with transgender, LGBTQ plus everything, all of it, alphabet soup, all of it. <laughs> A call for activism, a call to do something, a call to give these public affirmations of your belief that you submit to these beliefs. Right. And then and then a call to do something mm. because you submit to these beliefs. This is what Betsy wrote. Militant transgender advocates are imposing their agenda and uncompromising zeal on school children. She wrote this in December of last year. That's fine with President Joe Biden. His administration announced uh, that by April. It will enhance the legal entitlements of transgender public school students with new guarantees regarding access to bathrooms, locker rooms and sports competition competitions. This issue grabbed the headlines, but they are less harmful to most students than the damage being done by the distortion of the school curriculum. So it's a sleight of hand. Mm hmm. While parents are like saying, I don't want my girls competing against boys, which they're not saying that they're saying, I don't want my girls com competing against transgender athletes, which you need to start saying what it is. I don't want my <laughs> girls competing against boys. So while you can busy parents with that, right? Well, while that's going on, then they're like, pay no attention to the curriculum that's being taught over here. The mm -hmm. man behind the curtain, pay no attention. These pay no attention to the curriculum that's being taught over here. 
From the youngest age, I'm back to this article here, from the youngest age, students are being brainwashed with gender ideology. Children as young as age five are being encouraged to disregard their anatomy and choose their gender based on their feelings. That's not religion, though. That's not religion. In December, a California mother raged at the Spreckles Union School District Board for for allowing teachers to coach her 12-year-old daughter on becoming a boy, choosing a boy's name, and hiding the plan from the family. Mm-hmm. That's wicked. A book school libraries offer for kids ages 4 to 8 reads, quote, This is Ruthie. She is a transgender girl. That means she was born. That means when she was born... Everyone thought she was a boy until she grew a little older, old enough to tell everyone that she's actually a girl. She was in the wrong body. And again, let me just say that's not spiritual at all. That's that's totally scientific. That is biology rearing its ugly head. Back to the article, elementary school teachers are putting words on the blackboard like non-binary and transgender even before kids have learned multiplication. But Maine's Department of Education reports that between 13 percent and 18 percent of public high school students say they're lesbian, gay, bisexual or unsure of their sexual identity. It's no wonder when the curriculum programs or when the curriculum programs them to doubt their identity. Right. In school, it's cool to be anything but heterosexual. It's in school. It's cool to be anything but what is biologically factual. But remember, we're in this battle against religion. We don't want religion to be taught in schools. When creationism was taught in school, the argument that on several different occasions made its way to the Supreme Court was over whether or not you could teach junk science. Creationism, junk science, that's, that's the argument. Can you, can you teach this This is not real science, is it? Do we have to teach this? Do we have to continue on this way? And so over and over and over in our culture, over and over and over, our courts have said, no, you don't have to teach that. Hmm. And then parents at one time pushed back and said, okay, well, if you, if you're going to teach evolution and man, kudos to these parents back in the day, they said, if you're going to teach evolution, which we disagree with, then you also have to teach creationism. Kids have to have a choice. They have to be able to, to, to read both arguments. See, this would have been, this would have been like teaching kids to be intellectual, right? Like this would have been giving them something to aspire to and being able to process information and to think about that information. How do you reconcile this data with this data? But then no, they said, no, these Christians keep circling the wagons. These fundamentalist Christians keep circling the wagons and they keep coming back. They want the knowledge of God to be taught in school. See, every time there was a battle that made its way to the courts over what kids would be taught, the battle was always this question. Who is in charge of what kids will know? Mm. That's the question. Who's in charge of what kids will know? And I want you to think about this. If you, if your, your kids K 12 hours. So from about the age of five to 17, 17,550 hours, roughly, will be spent learning, learning, seven to eight hours a day. And if the question is, who's in charge of knowledge? Mm -hmm. Who's in charge of what kids? The question, then also, the subsequent question has to be, where is our kid getting their knowledge? Mm. Right? Who has the ultimate authority in their life? 
And and I'm not talking about because you say I'm the parent. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about as your kid perceives it, who <laughs> actually has the authority in his or her life. And, and you know, it goes to something that uh, Abraham always says that the enemy don't like full grown competition of people that, you know, so we want to start, start off with at the youngest age possible. And my, my problem with this discussion, I'm just going to be clear, is that we've talked about this a lot, about mm-hmm. what's going on in our schools. I just wonder when for the Christian parent is the, the red alert is going to sound and we say, okay, I can't, like, I can't keep doing this. Yeah. And when is the church going to sound that, that alert and say, I'm going to help the parents not to have to do this? Like, how do you even get out of this mess if we continue to send our children to these places? Like that, mm-hmm. I, I I don't see any other like solution. Mm-hmm. And I and yeah. I know that's you know black and white, but I, I when we have these conversations, I'm like, what's the fix? Yeah, yeah. I think the fix. I, I would say this. I think that the fix is sort of manifold, and and I think that there are several ways that uh, Christian parents, parents who fear God, have approached this. Um, you've got Christian parents who have been a part of starting their own schools. You've got churches that have, have started their own schools. Um, I think probably one of the concerning things, and, and this is even for Christian parents who are homeschooling their kids, you're educating your kid at home. You've got to read the curriculum because, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, it's insidious how these lies infiltrate in every place. Yeah, like they So even in like private Christian education, if you are using secular textbooks, then your science probably does not begin with the knowledge of God. Mm. I mean, if, if, if you want to just be honest about yeah. it, and if you are going to, you know, secular publishing, even for how you educate your kids at home, if you're not reading what's actually in it. Like we were, man, we were listening to a podcast yesterday. And we had to throw <laughs> a flag on the play. We were driving <laughs> home from West Monroe, you know, all eight of us, you know. And um, it's 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 our true one sixteen click, and we're we're <laughs> just kidding. We're riding home, and we're listening to a Christian podcast. And this podcast was gonna be talking about the Book of Genesis, and 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 the guy, the guy said something, and the, Will the Great was like, "Wait, what?" You know, he he, and he talked about humans as being. Oh my goodness, I forget how he said it. Maybe you remember it better than I do, but animals. unique <laughs> among the animals that God created. Yeah, like wait, yeah. whoa. <laughs> whoa um that's actually not how god describes what he did like that's not like there's actually there's actually like a complete like stop on the creation of the animals like that's like it's not like and then he made an animal in his own image no that's that's actually not how it's described right. yo and so like when you hear that you're like dude that's a problem yeah that that actually makes me that that puts me on guard against what you might say next. Mm. Why am I saying that? I'm saying because to your point, Will the Great, and I think what you're driving at is parents taking charge over how their kids are educated and where their kids are educated. But I think even as parents take charge, they have to be vigilant. Yes. 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 I agree. Because this was, this was once a trusted, you know, podcast that I would say we would listen to. I would have felt very comfortable letting the kids even indulge in some of the videos that they have, you know, because the, but um, when yeah. you start calling men made in the image of God animals, yeah. that tells to me that there's a little bit of secularism in the way you've come to the scriptures. Yeah. 
Because what we have is the result of secular indoctrination that said that man is an animal. Like when we went calling men, you know, because mm-hmm. the mammals, like all of the terms that we use to describe animals, like ascribing those descriptions to to men made in God's image. And we don't even think about this. Like we do this. Why? Because this is how we've been taught to do it. Right. We've been taught to do it. We women are the mammals that we like <laughs> this mammal nurse their young and these give live birth. And we like just all the comparisons. That, it's like, wait, but hold. I'm not a different type of animal. I'm, I'm not an animal. I am a person made in the image of God. All right. This may require a part two <laughs> until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>